Today's episode of the Gold Cast is sponsored by Frustration. Oh, man. I just knew the Rockets were going to tie this up too, too. I really had that feeling going in. Did I say that on last week's podcast? I don't remember. I honestly don't remember if I said that. I don't think I did. I don't think I did. But I truly did believe that the Rockets would tie up the series, and they did not disappoint. The series is now tied 2-2. Luckily, Warriors have home field advantage. We're going back into Golden State, which is probably the best position for them right now because this was uh, a very frustrating road trip. Very frustrating indeed. Now, before we get started, let me let you know where you can find us. You can find us on youtube.com slash thegoldcast. You can find us on facebook.com slash thegoldcast. You can find us on Twitter at the underscore at the underscore goldcast. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher. And all where all great podcasts are, you can find us, The Goldcast. Like, subscribe, comment. We'd love to hear from you. Okay. We've got a big one ahead of us. This is mostly just going to be a Warriors Game 4 focused Goldcast. So before we get started, as always, the greatest podcast intro in the game, the Coldcast intro. Your professor of fanalism is here. Class is in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Sousa III, and with me is you. Once again, another solo mission by Rudy Solis III. Let's go. So game three happens, Warriors lose in overtime, frustrating fashion, and now we come to game four. And it's interesting. It's interesting because I like to talk to a lot of different fans. I'm a man of the people. I like to be with the people. And a lot of people were pretty confident that the Warriors were going to win. In fact, I felt like I was out on you know, Cynical Island by myself because I was not that confident. I was very confident that the Rockets would tie up the series and we would be 2-2 heading into game five, which is exactly where we are. Luckily, we're at home. I think it's our best bet. But this was a tough game. This was, there's a couple of different things that happened that I found a little bit curious. For instance, our defense wasn't nearly as aggressive. It, it seemed like the Warriors, in an attempt to avoid James Harden's crashing into everybody in the three-point line, it almost seemed like they, they were playing a too conservative game. The Warriors were playing too conservative in this fourth game. It, it, it really did seem like what they were trying to do was avoid allowing Harden and Paul and company to get to the line, which I get. But in exchange for that, they the Rockets just completely took advantage and it finally really happened. They got pretty hot um, at the three-point line. They got pretty hot with three and they played an aggressive game. And I thought the Warriors, the Warriors kept, they kept going into the paint. It also, it also like, Steph Curry obviously had a pretty bad shooting night in game three and it there definitely looked to be an overall hesitancy from behind the arc from the entire Golden State Warriors team. The entire state, Golden State Warriors team, it just they did not seem confident beyond the perimeter. It just it looked like every single time they had an opportunity 
to go for three. Obviously, Rockets did an excellent, excellent defense. They kind of flipped the script on us, and they were playing our game back to us, which was frustrating. And instead of going for the three, they would get smothered at the line, and the Warriors would go into the paint and go for a dunk or a layup, which was great. But you can't trade twos for threes with the Rockets. That just doesn't work. In fact, that's our game. You can't do that to, you can't do that to the Warriors. I don't know what made them think they'd be able to do that with the Rockets. It was a really, really frustrating to watch. We also had some action from the bench, and that really helped the Rockets too. Austin Rivers, who, I don't know, I, I have nothing nice to say, so I, I'm probably not going to say much. But Austin Rivers got him 10 points from the bench. Iman Shepard was effective. P.J. Tucker really, for the starting lineup, really let his presence be felt today. You, you really had to get, get it to him. And Eric Gordon, too. They've been a fantastic combination. James Harden was James Harden. James Harden was doing James Harden things. And the, the Warriors, the Warriors, you know, they had flashes we had that lead in the first quarter, end of the first quarter with the lead, and that and it looked kind of good. And then we got into the second, and we allowed the we allowed the Rockets to to extend to gain back the lead and then extend the lead. And then we end with that beautiful Eagle Dollar three, that gorgeous Eagle Dollar three to kind of give us that hope. Then we we go into the third quarter, and everyone starts talking about oh, you know, here comes the Warriors and that that big third quarter you know, bomb that rush they always do in the third quarter. And I I wasn't confident that was going to happen. And for a while, it did. It really looked like for a second there in the third quarter that the Rockets were going to rout us. It really did. Don't you agree? It really looked like that. I was like, oh, wow. This is, they led by as much as 17 at one point. And I thought, this is going to be rough. This might be a really long night for Golden State Warriors fans. I, I, I hope they don't let it get to this. Then in the, then, the Warriors closed out closed out the third quarter with a seven point run, uh, and 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 it, they were I think they were within like two or three. Then we get into the fourth quarter, and the Rockets just did enough. Warriors come close. We get to that end. We're, we're sitting there at the end of the fourth quarter, and Kevin Durant and Steph Curry both go for the tie the, the, to the three that would have tied the game, and it is enough. We end up fouling Chris Paul. Chris Paul goes to the line. He makes one of two, and, you know, that's all she wrote. And just a tough, frustrating end to this road trip. Warriors, in order to really secure the victory, really secure the series, needed to walk away with one of these wins, and they were unable to do it. Here's the great part, though. They defended home court in the first two games, and that might truly make the difference here and save them. Rockets, if Rockets really wanted to gain some, really wanted to gain some, um, if they really wanted a chance to win, they needed to steal one of those games at home. And now the Warriors have a chance to defend home court. And if they can defend home court, it's probably, I think this series is probably going to seven. If If they can't defend home court, if they lose on Wednesday, then the series is over in six. That's what's going to happen. It's going to be Rockets in six or Warriors in seven. This is how this is going down. This this is exactly what's going to happen. If the Warriors lose on Wednesday, they will lose on Friday, and this series will be over. But if the Warriors can win on Wednesday, then it, I still think they lose on Friday, but then they they t- they finish up the series in Game 7. I have no idea what day, what day Game 7 is. But that is where we are right now. And it was a tough game. Like I said, Warriors defensively, they backed off a little bit. And again, it, it I think they played too conservative of a game. 
in 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 this in this round. It was just too conservative, too conservative. What they did with by by not putting as much pressure as they have been on the Rockets, they really allowed the Rockets to keep themselves in this game. And and the Warriors did a lot to come back, but it was just too little, too late. And like I said, or like I already said, Steph Curry. He seemed really timid from behind the arc, and the Warriors were just not that aggressive from three points. Even though, looking at the box stats, we, uh, you know, we're 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 close. They were they were seventeen. Yeah, I mean, here's here's the difference. So Warriors are eight of thirty three, and then Houston seventeen of fifty. There's there it is, shooting for thirty four percent. We're shooting twenty twenty four point two percent. That's it. That's all she wrote. Even though our overall field goal percentage was higher, 46.7 to their 43.8, it was the three-pointers that was the major difference. They were killing us on those threes. And we, I was surprised how few we took. We took 17 less threes than them. And, and it was, I mean, I didn't even need to see that number. I could just tell you just by watching the game. It was just we were not that aggressive from behind the arc. And I and, and I don't know. Steph didn't seem to trust himself. He kept taking it into the paint, and then you know he got a little hot towards the end of the game. But again, it was too little, too late. It did seem the the Rockets did a great job of drawing fouls over the, at the three point line, which was really killing us. And the refs just did not want to give us anything. They did not want to give us anything when it when it came to uh, beyond the arc. If if we were going for a three. Rockets were going to foul us, and they were going to swallow their whistles, and that was their that was their karmic debt. You're welcome, Houston. The, they we we got to the line almost identical, but it was how we got to the line. We always got into the line by driving into into the paint, going for a layup. Someone would slap us, then we get to the line. But then they kept doing. They kept drawing it at that three. They'd go for that three, draw it, boom, turns into four, and that was the big difference of the game. So here we are. Heading back to Golden State, heading back to Oracle, and now the Warriors are in a similar position of this is a tight series. They're tied 2-2. This is very dangerous. I have said from the beginning, I'm very nervous about this series. This series, it just, I don't feel confident. Do I believe the Warriors can win on Wednesday? 100% they can win at home. Absolutely. We all know how difficult winning at home or how difficult it is winning on the road and the Warriors can but this game five will determine it will determine who's going to win this series whoever wins this game is winning the series this is it this is everything it's right here all coming down in front of us and I couldn't be more terrified I, I don't know how you feel I'm terrified I, I'm one of those guys when it comes to my particular fandom I'm definitely one of those guys that gets can get very nervous. I get very nervous out there. You, you know, I want to be super confident, but oh gosh, there've been years where I've been really confident with the Warriors. This is not one of those years. This is one of those years where I feel they are on the shakiest ground they've ever been before and this is this is real tight. And so we're going to see, we're going to see what the Warriors are made of. This is this is going to make or break them. Game 5 Wednesday night. Market right now will determine who is winning this series and moving on to the Western Conference Finals. This is truly must win, and at least the big advantage going home get a get a get a day's rest for Steph for that finger. Everyone's a little banged up, but this is it, man. This is it, and couldn't be more nervous. Don't like being in this position. 
this is the interesting thing. You ever notice this about basketball? It's just one of those sports. It it's so anxiety inducing the way the way it goes and with you know the scoring flow of it is so different. It's the most offensive sport that we have, right? Baseball is the most defensive sport that exists in the United States, and then you have football, which is in the middle and has more and more of the rules are leaning towards offense. But definitely, this is a you know basketball is a purely offensive sport. And it's just tough. It's tough. You watch so many points drain down or so many points miss and all the back and forth. And it just it produces this anxiety, especially during the second and third quarter. That is always when I'm the most at my most frustrated and my most anxious is, is the second and third quarter. Speaking of second and third quarter, the Rockets really won this game in the second and third quarter. They really kept them at bay. And it reminded me a lot of the first two games in Golden State where the Rockets were doing just enough to keep the Warriors out of reach. Again, they they got to 17 points at one point in the third quarter, but for most of the game, just out of reach, just out of reach, just out of reach, and just out of reach, just out of reach of my heart. That was effing frustrating. Yeah. Anyway, so we've got we've got another game happening here on Wednesday. I will probably throw up another gold cast immediately after this game to discuss the win or the loss. So stay tuned. Probably it'll probably be up uh, late Wednesday, but I would venture to say I'll, I'll probably actually record it Thursday morning. So be on the lookout for that. I will be putting up a, another gold cast in 49er news. So let's move over to our beautiful team. Let's move over Dub Nation. Let's put, take off our blue jackets, put on our red jackets. And let's call ourselves the faithful. So here we go. Tim Harris apparently already has a connection with Rich Sherman. And this is great. They've actually known each other for a long time since Tim Harris was a kid. And so Tim Harris has a connection with Richard Sherman. This is great news. This is great. Um, I hope it I hope it lends itself to him being a badass cornerback because we sure need another one. And it'll make John Lynch look like a genius after we had that head-scratching Draft, which if you haven't heard it, listen to last week's uh, Goldcast where I go in depth about this, the draft and what I thought and just how thoroughly I confused I was by the draft. So Tim Harris has a connection. Meanwhile, speaking of connections, DeForest Buckner, still no contract in sight. They said the two parts are far from making a decision. I'm not super worried about it, but it's all good. But here's the thing that I'm most interested in. And it actually has nothing to do with 49er sports, but it does have to do with our boy, Jimmy the G. So Jimmy the G was at the Kentucky Derb. By the way, did any of you bet on the Kentucky Derb? Actually, let me tell you about a bet I did. This is great. We bet, my friend and I, Dan Goldman, he would come on the show way back in the day and talk about some MMA stuff back in the day. But Dan, Dan Goldman and I made a bet. We bet that game three between Houston and Golden State would go into overtime. And we were right. And we bet very little money and made a hell of a lot of money. It was awesome. It was so awesome. So then we got a little big for our britches, and then we decided to bet that the Celtics and Bucks game tonight would go into overtime, and the Warriors and Rockets game would also go into overtime because if we were right, we would have won like 10 grand. But clearly we were wrong. But you gotta try, right? You gotta try sometimes. So we, you know, we went buck and uh, no pun intended, and it didn't work. Anyways, we also bet on the Kentucky Derby. Did any of you bet on the Kentucky Derby and then get so pissed 
when it actually uh, we, we not only did we bet on the Kentucky Derby, we bet on the winning horse, and then the winning horse was disqualified. I was so pissed. I felt so ripped off. I was so angry. It was quite a disappointing ending to the weekend. I also bet on uh, Canelo to lose, and we were wrong about that. Jacobs, I don't know. That was a weird fight. That was a really weird fight. I'm digressing. Anyways, let's go back to let's go back to this Kentucky Derby though. All right, the Kentucky Derby, and then and then I'm gonna end with a very hilarious story about the Kentucky Derby and San Francisco. But I have to tell you this story. This is the most I oh, every year when I think about the Kentucky Derby, I think about this story. But so let's get back to this really quick. So on Instagram. Jimmy G is is at the Kentucky Derby and he's, he has he takes a picture. Jimmy G looks great. He's wearing this plaid red blazer. He looks amazing. It's awesome to me. It's kind of like Niner ish colors. You know, I I don't know if it was inspired by that. I don't know if it's a coincidence, but it was a very cool like plaid plaid blazer. And then he's with Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Had to wear the biggest fucking hat I've ever seen. It was the most gigantic cowboy hat. This was like some, I don't know. It was so big. It was just so extreme. It it was Tom Brady and then Jacoby Brissett. And J- J- Tom Brady and Jacoby Brissett had gigantic hats. If you haven't looked this, go, follow, go look at Jimmy G's Jimmy Polo 10 on Instagram. These are the biggest hats I've ever seen. Is this, is that like a thing? I guess it is, right? I guess that's the thing. Like, you wear these big-ass hats. I'm just glad Jimmy G didn't sell out. That's what makes me happy. Go ahead. Let Tom Brady wear the big-ass stupid hat. Let him do that. But let's, let's not our man Jimmy G. He's better than that. He, he's, he's, he's got more class than that. So no, no, say no to the hat, Jimmy G. I'm proud of you. You said no to the big-ass hat. Now, I have, now, here's the thing. I will say this. Jimmy G, if you win a Super Bowl, then you can wear a big-ass hat. All right? Jimmy G, you can wear the biggest hat you want. In fact... I am challenging you to win the Super Bowl just so you can earn the right to wear the big-ass, stupid cowboy hat. That is my challenge to you. All right, and then I'm going to end this. This is, this is going to be a short gold cast today. Uh, I'm going to end this one with a quick little story about the Kentucky Derby and myself. So years ago, I was bartending at a uh, very popular nightclub in San Francisco. And, and I'm just going to tell you, I'm just going to tell you which nightclub I was, I was bartending at the Holy Cow for all of my San Francisco folks. You know exactly where the Holy Cow is still in existence, still, still kicking, still kicking, still right there. I was bartending at the Holy Cow two days before the Kentucky Derby. At the end of the night, when we're cleaning up, I kid you not, we find a pile of crap in the middle of the floor. A literal pile of crap. Somebody took a dump in the middle of the dance floor at the Kentucky Derby. Can you believe this? This actually happened. So the next day, Friday, I'm working at the parlor. The parlor is now called, I think it's called Fort One. It's over on Leavenworth and Beach right there in the, in, uh, in, uh, the, the, the wharf. So I'm there and I'm bartending. And my boss, Steve Grant. Stevie G, the biggest Warriors fan I know on the whole planet. He he is there and he's making so much fun of me 
because you know it's like it's like a rival nightclub and he's like oh my god bro this is how he talked hey bro oh my god can't believe they took a crap in the middle of the floor got only a holy cow only a holy cow would they take a dump on the floor what a crappy bar can't believe only a holy cow would they take a dump that's disgusting that's disgusting bro that place is so disgusting that's whack bro so whack that place is so whack and he was just 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 bashing it that they took this dump so the next day we throw this day event at the parlor this Kentucky Derby event. It's closed. It's a private event. There's like 150, 200 people there. There was a lot of people there. Dressed to the nines, okay? Dresses, high heels, those big dumb hats, <laughs> blazers, dress shirts. It's an open bar. We're making mint juleps. People are dropping $20 on us for open bar. Now, I'll give you a little hint. If you were never a bartender, no one does this. No one does this in real life. So they're dropping these $20 on us at the Kentucky Derby and at this event the Kentucky Derby is on these big giant screens it is without a doubt one of the most beautiful events they'd ever thrown okay now I go downstairs we're packed but it, it's cool everyone's cool everyone's nice we're making a ton of money it's ridiculous right I walk downstairs and I go to the men's restroom and I stop because right in front of the men's restroom was a giant pile of crap. <laughs> and I went upstairs and I looked at Steve, Stevie G, and I said, Steve, you're not going to believe what's downstairs in front of the men's restroom. What, bro? What? what what's everything okay? What's, what happened, bro? What happened? Well, Steve, there's a big, giant piece of crap right there in front of the hallway in front of the men's restroom what and he looked at me and the color just rushed out of his face and he just shook his head and he was so frustrated and humiliated because this had happened two days ago at the holy cow and now two days later he's like he literally he that night the, the, the on the friday before the day before the kentucky Derby, he said that would never happen here bro that would never happen here not in a million years would that ever happen here he literally said that. And then for the first time ever, 48 hours later, somebody had done it. And forever afterwards, one of my, Tyler, who was one of my barbacks at the time, he goes, he goes, bro, you know what that, you know what we're going to call that? What? He goes, a Kentucky Derb. Someone took a Kentucky Derb in the middle of the dance floor. Someone took, took a Kentucky Derb on the floor. And forever after that, we, it has been coined in our, in our circle of friends in San Francisco that if you, if someone, if there's just human feces somewhere on the floor, that can, that's a Kentucky Derb. Oh, they, they busted a Kentucky Derb. So there's my, uh, there's my one Kentucky Derb story. Not, not the most pleasant of stories. Maybe I should have, uh, should have given you a byline, but I think it's hilarious. And every year when the Kentucky Derby comes around, I'm reminded of the infamous, infamous Kentucky Derby story. A Kentucky Derb. Someone now here's what I'm wondering. This is this has come to me in real time. I've never thought about this before. It's happening in real time. Never thought about this. And all this it was years ago. This happened a long time ago. Not quite a decade, but uh, close. I would say. Oh God, yeah, maybe a decade. Maybe, maybe it's been a long time. But I wonder. I've never thought about this before. I wonder, could it possibly have been? The same person? Do we have a serial Kentucky Derb? Kentucky Derber? Did he Kentucky Derb 
at the cow, then go to the parlor and say, screw it, I'm going to do it here. Now, again, I think this is what makes this impactful too is the juxtaposition that this was happening at the nicest event I'd ever seen thrown and the nicest people, the biggest tippers. I don't even know how, we were in the middle of the day. I don't even know how you, how do you, how do you, the person who did this Kentucky Derb, they were a pro. They were, they were clearly, we were clearly dealing with professionals here. There's no question about it. No doubt in my mind. This was the work of a serial Kentucky Derber and a professional Kentucky Derber. And if the Warriors win, lose, lose, I'm sorry, if the Warriors lose game five, they will take a Kentucky Derb on my heart. So let's avoid that Kentucky Derb, shall we? All right, guys, that's all for today. I will be back on after Wednesday's game to discuss game five and which will it be? Will the Warriors take game five or will the Rockets take game five? What do you think? Sound off in the comments, YouTube comments, hop on and let's talk about it. And you can find me, if you want to reach me directly, which many of you often do, you can find me at on Instagram at Rudy Solis three and on Twitter at Rudy Solis three R D and you can find every, actually I don't know if I ever say this but if you look into the the synopsis on our iTunes or Stitcher you can see you can see and our YouTube you can see all of our our ad handles so you can find us fairly easily online. So concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay and your source for the best and dirtiest Kentucky Derby stories of all time. I'm your host, Rudy Sousa III, and we'll see you next time. Same Goldcast time, same Goldcast channel. This is, is the Goldcast.